We're in the last month of our Book of Acts series, everybody. Can you believe two years has come and gone? We started in Easter of 2021, and uh, we are in the last month and the last two chapters of the Book of Acts. I'm excited for us to uh, end this series well and finish it well. Has it been a blessing to any of you that have gotten to hear this message series? If you've missed any of it, let me encourage you to go back and, uh, and listen through our podcast. We've got it on our website, on our app. If you don't have our app, I encourage you to grab that. It's also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that um, as well. But we'll wrap up at the end of this month and uh, look towards Easter. Easter's coming, so I wanna encourage everybody to be making plans now to invite your friends to Easter Sunday services. We will have a 6 a.m. service on Easter again, which is always a fun service for people to attend and a lot of work for people to put on but we're glad to do it. We'll have 6 a.m., 7.30, 9, 10.30, noon, and then more. Uh, I can't remember all of the schedule. Austin P. of course, we wanna fill out that service, that campus as well on Easter Sunday. Oh, and then two on Saturday, uh, two Easter services on Saturday as well. Today, as we uh, get into Acts chapter 27, we're gonna look at the entire chapter, and a lot of it is transitional material, so we'll get through it quickly, but I, I wanna teach today a, a message that I actually got help from my good friend, Pastor Herbert Cooper at People's Church in Oklahoma City. Pastor Herbert and his wife have been here a couple of times to speak at our church, and he is one of my close, closest friends, and uh, he gave me some help on this sermon, uh, notes that I heard him preach once, and I said, man, I wanna use some of that. But anyway, I wanna talk about surviving the storms of life. Let me just say, uh, it's actually a fitting sermon considering what just happened in our city this weekend, uh, and if you live in Clarksville, you know this, we just endured an amazingly powerful storm that blew through our town. It was crazy, on Thursday afternoon, we got notice that all the schools are closed Friday for wind. And every parent I know was saying, now we're closing school for wind. What kind of world are we living in? And I get it in Clarksville, we're not used to bad weather and snow and ice and all that, so, so on the forecast of snow, we've closed and all of us have rolled our eyes, especially all you northerners, don't just leave us alone, okay? But wind, I was really dumbfounded that we canceled school for wind until that storm hit. And that storm that we had this weekend was intense. It was hard, hard, hard on our city. In fact, many of you are dealing with trees down and damage to your home. I lost half the shutters off my house, half the trees uh, on the sides of my house are down. And uh, this massive front came through with tornadic activity, but I never have seen the power of straight line winds like that before, 80 miles an hour and higher. I was actually in our church building when the storm hit, and there were moments I was seriously thinking pieces of the roof would be peeled off of our building. I watched signs in the yard of, of our property, parking lot signs peeled out of the ground, literally picked up out of the ground and tossed around our parking lot. Uh, off the soccer field, we had damage. Uh, to big giant generators just blown over. And, and then of course, driving around, we've just seen tons of damage this week from this storm. And when I was at the church, I was, I was in between ideas. I, I kept thinking I should stay put in the building because that seems like my safest place <laughs> until the, the, the ceiling feels like it's flexing off of me. Uh, and then I thought, well, I should drive home through this storm. Uh, with trees falling down. I mean, Pastor Elmer, our worship pastor, posted a, a video of a tree that fell in front of him as he was driving. I don't know if you guys have noticed all the trees down along the interstate. That's a bad way to get hit by, you know what I'm saying? Like, how'd you have an accident? A tree fell on me. A cow flew into my window. Like, that's just a terrible story to tell at a party. A good friend of mine who's part of our church, he works for the fire department, uh, sent a group text, and I've never seen this 
before where he said, this storm is so bad, we're urging everyone to stay home, stay inside. I thought, man, this is crazy. So I, I went out in the parking lot to retrieve a sign. I looked out my window and I saw a sign down off of our soccer field. And when I went out, I mean, I'm a big dude. And that went, I mean, like I was fighting the wind walking. And then I pick up this giant plexi sign and I've got a sail in my chest, you know, I'm trying to walk across. It was intense storm. What a great storm. God gave us that for this sermon today. Not really, but uh, timing wise, I'm not sure what you did during the storm this week, but it is a great setup for the message because Paul is enduring a storm and it's a massive storm. It's a fatal storm in their minds. And honestly, uh, we're, we're thankful that it's like on our house, it's just trees and shutters that no person was injured. I, my neighbor's got a bunch of cats that survived too, which I'm, I mean, Lord, please, you know what I'm saying? Like just whisk them away to the another neighborhood, but no, they made it too. Anyway, I just wanna ask you, how do you handle the storms of your life? How do you handle the proverbial storms that come up, whether it's a stressful season or a, a, a job situation or a family situation or a, a, a diagnosis from a doctor or your, your marriage is falling apart? How do you handle relational storms? How do you handle that? And for some of you, it was in a heated time of combat. Many of you have been in that season or perhaps a family situation that's taken a turn for the worse. As your pastor, uh, we've walked through so many stories of people having bad medical news or survived, discovered a, a, the spouse having an affair or gone through job loss. Just this week, my family and our devotional, we read the text in John 16, 33, and Stephanie was really good to, to lead our girls and us in just saying this text and repeating it multiple times. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus says, but take heart, be encouraged. Let your heart be encouraged. Jesus says, I've overcome this world. And what he's saying is, if you're close to me, you're, you're with the overcomer. <laughs> but let me just remind you, just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean you won't have storms in your life. So what do you do when life throws you a storm? How do you react? How, how do you respond? Well, I wanna give you some thoughts and principles, and I don't normally like to teach a text this way, but, but we're gonna look at this text from kind of a higher view of some of the, the attitude and the principles that Paul was led by when he encountered a literal storm and I wanna move those principles or ideas to how we deal with the storms of life. He was in a literal storm in a big wooden ship and has this crazy outcome that I believe can serve to guide us as we learn how to survive the storms of life. Now, I wanna thank again Pastor Herbert Cooper from People's Church, uh, especially as we get to the final part of this message. As we learn the things that Paul does to survive a storm and to endure it and to move past it, I wanna remind you of his story. Paul called by God in Acts 9, 9 to be a pastor, a preacher rather, an evangelist to the Jews and the Gentiles to plant churches. And, and years later, he's been imprisoned, falsely accused, and he's been held in prison now for a little over two years by a governor named Felix to be a private prophet to Felix's wife. Then a new governor raises up Festus, and he's kind of got to start over with his whole story. He's held against his will for crimes he never committed. And to Festus, he appeals to Caesar. Now, Paul uh, grew up, he's a Jewish man, Hebrew by birth, but he grew up in a Roman civilization. So as a Roman citizen, he has the right to appeal his case all the way to Caesar, who is the king of Rome, and he's deified as a god. And so finally, after Festus is now the governor, Paul says, I, you know what, I'm, none of you are listening to me. You keep holding me in prison even though they say we have no reason to hold this guy, they, they just hold him anyway. So Paul in Acts 26 appeals to Caesar and wants an audience with Caesar. And so they grant that for him. But 
Then along the way, he ends up meeting with uh, King Herod Agrippa, who's the king of Israel, the, the, the Jewish people, and he doesn't set him free, and Paul's trying to convert him, and that was last week's message. So God had called Paul to preach, plant churches, and now he's in prison. How, how would you like that job assignment, right? Like, hey, come with me, it's gonna be an amazing adventure serving God, and you're gonna spend a lot of years in prison. He's appealed multiple ways, but he's been guaranteed an audience with Caesar according to the Roman law. So that brings us to Acts chapter 27. And I just wanna kind of talk through quickly the first half of this chapter, because really the last half of the chapter is where we wanna spend some time. In Acts 27 verse one, it says, when it was decided that they would sail for Italy, they're gonna go to Rome to see Caesar. They delivered Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius, embarking on a ship of Adramidium, Come on, we're looking for baby names in this chapter too, y'all. This is great. It was gonna set sail to the ports along the coast of Asia. They put out to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day, we put in at Sidon and Julius treated Paul kindly and gave him leave to go to his friends and be cared for it. And putting out to sea, from there we sailed under the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. And when we had sailed across the open sea along the coast of Cilicia and Pamphylia, and we came to Myra of Lycia, there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria. Stay with me, this is, this is just transitional language here, watch this. They sailed for Italy and they put us on board of another ship. So there a centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing for Italy, so they put us on board. This is a grain ship actually with wheat. So we sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty to Sinidus. And as the wind did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Sal Salmone, Salmone. Coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lycia. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous, because even the fast of uh, the time of uh, Passover was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only to the cargo and the ship, but also injury and loss of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the, plot, the pilot of the boat and the, other, and the owner of the ship than he did Paul. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both southwest and northwest, and uh, spend the winter there. So this is a long journey. In fact, in honor of my wife, I wanted to give you a map. It's in the back of your Bible, but just stay with me. For, this is for Stephanie. She loves maps. And so essentially, this is the furthest west now the gospel has gone. They've left Judea, and this red line is kind of their, all these places that you saw in there, and they're gonna make their way here to Malta. But for now, they're, they've gone to Sinidus, Myra, all these places there. See how maps in the Bible? Okay, anyway, she thinks this is great, so I'm doing this for her. Tell me you like the map. Thank you, you made my afternoon much better. Okay. So anyway, here's, here's what's really interesting about this. Here's like Greece, and this is the furthest west now the gospel has gone, and they're, they're making their way to Rome to see Caesar ultimately. This is a very long journey. Okay, Acts chapter 7, 27, starting at 13. Now the storm begins. So when the south wind blew gently, supposing they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete close to the shore, but soon a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster. And honestly, I was joking about the storm we had this week, but I called it the Northeaster in my own head anyway, struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and couldn't face the wind, we gave way to it and were driven along. This sounds like a bad storm. Running under the lee of a small island called Cauda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. Now on this big ship is a small boat. This would be the boat that they, they use to go into shore, right? Because you can't take a 
massive craft right onto a rocky shore. So they lower these boats to go in and out to trade, to bring goods and, and exchange goods. And that's what they use to go in and out. It's kind of like pulling a car behind your RV. You know what I'm saying, everybody? So that's okay. Anyway, running under the lee of a small island called Kaudo, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergo the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground on the Sirtis, they lowered the gear and thus they were driven along. Since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. So now they're dumping stuff off the boat, the ship. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, massive storm and it is not getting better and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. So now they're totally hopeless that they're even gonna survive. They're throwing cargo overboard. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said this, men, you should have listened to me and not set sail from Crete. How many of you love the guy who said, I told you you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart. And now Paul makes a shift. And this is Apostle Paul. This is the prophet coming through. And the first thing that we're gonna see if we're gonna learn to survive a storm is to stand on a word from God. Now he already said, this has probably been months ago when they left, he said, we should not leave right now because we're gonna suffer loss to the ship and to people's lives. And now they set sail anyway, because if you remember the centurion didn't listen to Paul, he listened to the pilot of the boat. And now Paul goes, I told you. But now he tells them something else. And I think it's kind of um, interesting that Paul, before giving a word from God, gives a word from Paul. <laughs> um, anyway, it's, I think he's just in the flesh there, but I told you we shouldn't have done it. But now that you did, let me give you another word. If you pick up in verse 21, they'd been without food for a long time and Paul stood up among them and he said, men, you should have listened to me and not set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart for there will be no loss of life among you, which is different than what he said before. And here's why. There will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. In other words, you will lose the ship. For this very night, in other words, last night, watch this there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong, the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. The Lord sent an angel to me and watch this. And he said to me, do not be afraid, Paul, you must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all of those who sail with you, close quote. I just want you to see Paul originally gave wisdom and now he's giving a word from God. What started with, hey, this is dangerous, Paul gives a word, and they should have listened to wisdom. Now God's gonna bail them out with a word from God. Watch this. The angel of the God whom I belong to, the God I worship, said to me, don't be afraid. You must stand before Caesar, and behold, God has granted you all who sail with you. Then he says, so take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Here's what Paul's saying. Just like God said, it's gonna happen. But we must run aground on some island. Remember he said you'll lose people and ship. Now he said we are gonna lose the ship, but we're gonna make it to Rome. God said I'm gonna get to Caesar, and God said everybody with me is gonna make it as well. I want you to see that Paul had a confidence 
that he would survive this storm because he had a word from God. He had a promise that the angel of the Lord had sent to him and the promise was, don't be afraid. You are gonna make it to Rome. You are gonna stand before Caesar and everyone on the boat is gonna get there with you. If you remember the story of Jesus on uh, on the, the sea when it was in a storm and he's sleeping and all of the people in the, in the boat, the, a, a big storm arises and all of the disciples are freaking out. They're bailing out water and Jesus is up there just snoring away. And they wake Jesus up and they say, Jesus, do you not care? We're about to die. This big storm is coming on the sea and we're about to die. Jesus stands up and he says to the storm, peace be still. Right before that story, Jesus gets in the boat with the disciples right before that and he said, we're gonna go over there to the other side. And Jesus, after he, so, so Jesus, God, gave a word. We're going over there. Do you think God would say, we're going over there and then be like, whoops, a storm killed me. When God gave a word, that's what they should have anchored their faith in. It may have been rocky and stormy to get across the, the, the Sea of Galilee for the disciples, but when Jesus says, we're going over there, you better believe we're gonna get there. And Jesus is not gonna get taken out by a little storm in the Sea of Galilee. So when he stands up, he calms the storm. He looks at the disciples and he says, you have no faith. You have little faith. Didn't I say we're going over there? And for Paul, the apostle, in the same way, the Lord speaks to him about this journey and God assured Paul, you're gonna stand before Caesar and everyone with you is gonna go with you. Listen, Paul got a word from God. It was a specific word for God. And listen, it was not only good for Paul, it was good for those around Paul. And notice, he tells them, take heart. That is, be encouraged. Let your heart be lifted by the word from God. And he says, I have faith that what God has said is gonna come to pass. Listen, Romans 10, 17 says it like this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing a word from God. So I wanna encourage all of you with this first thought. If you're gonna survive the pain of this world, if you're gonna make it through the storms of your life, you need to learn to hear from God. You need to learn how to dig into the word and get a promise from God's word. You need to learn how to spend some alone with God and get a word from God that you can stand on because I promise you storms in this life will come but when you stand on the platform and the foundation that God has said something for you you will survive the storm Jesus said it like this that those who hear the word of God and do the word of God are like a person who builds their house on a rock and when the storms not if but when the storms come, that house will stand. But the person who hears the word and doesn't put it into practice, Jesus said, is like a person who builds their house on sand. Still have a beautiful house, still got the big screen TV, still got the life and everything looks really great, but your foundation is sand. And he said, the person who hears the word and doesn't stand on it and believe it and do what it says, you build your house on sand and when the storms come, the house will fall and great will be the fall of that house. Listen, if we are gonna survive the pain of this world, Jesus said, in this world you will have pain. Take heart, I've overcome it. If we're gonna survive, we have to first learn how to get a word from God. When Stephanie and I were looking to come to Clarksville to be the pastors of this church, there was not a lot of green pastures when it came to the story of what's ahead of us. It was a lot of work, it was a lot of pain, it was a lot of hard. But man, I'm telling you, and I have such confidence in what I'm about to tell you. When Stephanie and I had our very first phone call about coming to this church, I hung up the phone, I was in our, our kitchen in our house, and I looked at Stephanie and I said, I believe God wants us to go to Clarksville to take over this church. 
We knew nothing about what was ahead of us. We just knew that the Lord had given us confirmation that it was his desire for us to come here. And listen, there were many times, especially in the early years, but even as late as now, that, that we go back to that word and we go, Lord, we know that you said, we know that you assigned us, we know that you gave us a word, that this was what you had for us in this season of our life. The word of God is what brings us peace. The word of God is what brings us assurance. A promise from God is what gives you comfort. I'm telling you this, listen to me. You have to learn to dig in and pray until God speaks to you. Spend time in the Bible. Go to church. Listen to your small group leader. Stand on the promises of God and believe God for what he's already said. Take him at his word. Your marriage, when it's on the rocks, remember God's word said what God has joined together. Let no one tear asunder. Believe God to heal and repair and restore. When your kids wander from faith and you're going, Lord, how did this happen? I raised my kids in the church. I want you to believe God's word who said, he who has begun a good work will carry it on to completion. When you're struggling to see why God is letting you go through hard times, remember Jesus said, in this world it will, you'll have trouble, but I've overcome it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. We have to learn to stand on the word of God for your family, for your life, for your health, for the storms that you endure. So I wanna encourage you again, learn to study God's word, spend time with the promises of God and pray and let God speak to you about the storms of your life. Listen, God says you're an overcomer. God says you're more than a conqueror. God said he's with you. God said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. God said he's a healer. God said your kids are a blessing. God said the Lord will direct your steps. If we're gonna survive the storms of this world, the first thing we have to do is get a word from God and stand on the word from God. The second thing is we gotta develop a stay put attitude. Watch what Paul does. Look, listen, they're throwing everything overboard. The ship is in a storm and it is a, I don't know about you, but if I'm in an ancient, rickety, wooden boat in a big, giant storm, I'm nervous too. They start throwing all kinds of stuff overboard. Starting in verse 27, it says, when the 14th night had come, two weeks of this storm, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors suspected that they were nearing land, so they took a sounding and they found 20 fathoms away and a little farther in, they took a sounding again and found 15 fathoms. If you don't know what that is, please Google it. Verse 29, and fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern, which is the rear of the boat. Am I correct, everyone? Yes, come on, nautical people, thank you. They put down four anchors from the stern. And then look at this, and they prayed for day to come. <laughs> Now you're praying, 14 days into this, you start, hey, I wanna encourage you, pray sooner, okay, everybody? And they prayed for a day to come. And as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship, they lowered the ship's boat, right? That little boat to go in and out of land. They, they lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying anchors from the bow, the front of the ship. But Paul said to the centurion and the sailors, remember his promise, we're gonna get to Caesar and all of you are gonna make it too. Watch this, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay on the ship, you can't be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. So now their rescue dinghy is gone, but Paul is standing on that word, hey, we're gonna make it. And now because he's got a word, he's got some direction. And Paul tells them, stay on the ship. It was an interesting choice to stay in the boat. I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm not a nautical person. I'm not a sailor. 
And if I was in a storm like that, I'm a pretty decent swimmer. And if I can see land, I might give it a try. In fact, a couple years ago, Stephanie and I were in Colorado and we were there on a, a, a trip and it was, a, uh, uh, it was up in the mountains and we had taken a, I don't know what they call it, a sled up to this restaurant on a mountain, but it's on a ski slope. Okay, it was a little bougie, but it got chaotically bougie here in just a second. So we're on this sled and there's like 50 of us on this sled and they're pulling it by this big um, tractor thing up the mountain to a restaurant. And then to come down, you have to go down the mountain with skiers and all this stuff. And down at the bottom of the mountain is cliffs, 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 building, right? So we're going down this mountain on this sled and all of a sudden the, 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 the trailer hitch to the sled broke and started careening down the mountain with us on it. And I mean, it was violent. I've never, honest to God, I've never thought I'm about to die like that day. And I reached over and I'm grabbing Steph and, and I just remember kind of standing up to brace myself thinking, we're gonna jump. That's all I know to do and I wanna jump, I want us to jump before the mountain ends. You know what I'm saying, everybody? Thank God uh, the, the vehicle, was a, it, was a, it was a pretty violent experience actually uh, and there were a bunch of pastors on board with this event and um, I don't know who had prayer that day. We were all thanking God after but in the moment I was like, I'm gonna jump off of this thing in Jesus' name. So it's interesting choice to stay in the boat and many of us would think to jump out, to abandon ship, to try to swim and survive. But Paul, if you remember, had a word from God. And the word was, we're gonna survive, we're gonna meet Caesar, and everyone on board would survive. And they're all connected. Listen, when you get a word from God, stand on it and let others stand with you on it. But you gotta learn to stay put. For the guys on the boat, it may have seemed like a good idea to jump ship, but they were actually safer on the boat than in the water. Here's why, say what you want. But jumping into the sea in the dark, in a major two-week storm, when you're exhausted and tired, and we'll see in a moment, they haven't even eaten in two weeks. It's just not as smart as riding out the storm in a boat that's built to be in water. I don't know if you've ever watched videos online of crazy storms in the ocean. They're intense to watch. And man, some of these waves in the middle of the storms, you know, they, 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 you'll see like it'll be from the captain's deck of a boat and the boat nose of the boat will rise up, the bow of the boat, and then it'll crash on the back end of this wave and all this water splashes all the way up. And to me, I'm just thinking, this is surely how to sink a boat. But the crazy thing is boats are designed to survive water and storms. So you watch these videos on YouTube and it'll overwhelm you if you're not careful, but the water will completely overcome the deck of the ship and the bow and the boat will seems to go straight up and straight down. Thousands of these videos on YouTube. And you know what I've never seen one time is any time when those big ships are in a storm where the captain and the entire crew goes overboard. You know why? Because it's way more dangerous out there in that storm than on the boat. And there's something smart about learning to stay put and ride out the storm. Because why? Because the overcomer is with you on the boat. Listen, when you're in a hard situation, when your job is tough, when your marriage has hit a really rough patch, learn to stick it out. Learn not to quit. Learn to stay put. You might be fighting with your spouse a lot, but you can learn to fight with each other and stay put with each other. Steph and I have had our disagreements. It's usually because I'm wrong, but we don't have quitting as an option. I've looked her in the face and said, if you leave me, I'm going with you. There is no leaving here. 
Don't quit on your kids when they mess up. Don't quit on your job when it was a hard week. Don't quit on your marriage. Don't quit on God because you've hit hard times and he hasn't answered you immediately like you're demanding. Keep going to church, keep giving, keep serving, keep praying, keep pressing into God. Stay on the ship. When you're in a storm, don't quit and don't give up. Surviving will actually make you stronger than quitting. We live in a culture of quitters. We live in a culture of quick quitters. Don't be a quitter. Stay in the ship. Paul says it's totally out of context verse, but I'm gonna use it was a, it was a verse that I learned as a brand new Christian when I was struggling, and somebody misused this verse, but I've always used it in the way I think God intended me to have it. It's in First Corinthians in the middle. He says, "Stay in the place where God has called you." And he's writing to the Christians to stay in the, in the gifting and the assignment that God has on your life. But listen, the, the, the big idea is just stay put where God has you. Stay in your marriage, stay in your church, stay in your family, stay faithful to God. Now, let me give a caveat. I never suggest you stay in a situation where you're at risk, where you're being abused and your health is in jeopardy. That's not what I'm talking about. If you're in an abusive marriage, an abusive relationship, then you need to get away from that. But what I'm talking about generally is we live in a culture of quitters. People quit when things are hard. But how many of you know hard times make you stronger? Steel is hardened when it hits and strikes other steel. Trust God, dig in, don't quit, don't leave. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. And sometimes it takes more faith to stay than it does to leave. Get rid of your backup plans. And listen, stay put with God most of all. Because the storms of life are designed to ultimately kick you out of the boat of family of God. Stay faithful to God. Listen, things may not pan out the way you want. We'll see in just a moment. The ship may come apart. But you decide right now, I don't care what comes my way. I'm gonna stay put in the ship with God. I'm gonna stay put in the ship with my family. I'm gonna stay put in the ship of faith. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today, everybody? Then... The, the, the thing that Paul teaches us next is to be still and know that he's God. Watch how crazy this is. After two weeks of fighting a storm, watch this. As, the, as, as day was about to dawn, remember they're praying for daylight. They put four anchors down. Paul urged them to take some food. Now this seems so like random, but it's actually one of the wisest things Paul could lead them to do. Paul urges them to take some food. He said, today's the 14th day that you've continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. You guys have been so anxious about this storm. You haven't eaten in two weeks. How many of you know sometimes the best thing to do is take a nap and eat a good meal? I'm not kidding. Sometimes the best thing to do is like turn it off. How many of you know storms will blow through without your help. <laughs> Sometimes you just need to take a nap and get a steak and just care for your soul. Watch this, you haven't eaten two weeks and you've continued in suspense, haven't taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food. Pastor Herbert says, be still and chill. Just slow down. It'll give you strength. And then remember the promise Paul had, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any one of you guys. He goes back to, don't forget what God told me. So take a break, take a meal, go to Popeye's, get a chicken sandwich, bless God. Some of y'all are in a storm right now, and the best thing you can do is hit that Popeye's drive-thru on the way home. 
get you a sandwich, a biscuit with some honey, bless God. The Holy Ghost is all over that place, especially because they are open on Sunday after church. Chick-fil-A may have Jesus chicken, but Jesus is on a break on Sunday and church folk need some chicken on Sunday. <laughs> Paul tended, I'm from New Orleans, we eat Popeyes because it's, it's the fifth food group. Y'all hear what I'm saying, everybody? Paul tended to their soul care. He said, hey, y'all need to rest and eat. Get your strength back. Take a walk, go on a, my wife is really good when I'm very stressed out. Oh man, I, I actually default to sugar and ice cream. Okay, praise God, that's the other food group. But she'll look at me sometimes and say, we need to go take a walk. And I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed out and angry or something's on my mind, I'm like, I don't wanna take a walk. But she knows, she actually told me this week, she said, you've got to be reminded to take care of yourself. Listen, if you won't, it's another way a storm will kill you. Paul's still standing on that word. None of you are gonna die. And I appreciate that he took a moment, a time to say, y'all have been in panic mode for two weeks. Y'all need to chill, take a break, eat. Some of you are in a storm right now and it's been a while for you. You need to, you need to nap. You need to turn off the social media. You need to, you need to get away from the, the people that are your storm and just breathe. Sometimes surviving a storm requires we do some self-care. Remember what Jesus said in Luke 12? How many of you by being anxious can add a single hour to your life? Some of us are in a storm and then we make the storm bigger because we're stressed out about it. Chill out. Eat a, a, a meal, eat, eat some food. We watched Napoleon Dynamite with my girls. Tina, eat some food. Take a meal, breathe. And then why? Jesus said, who can add a single hour to your life by being anxious? If you're not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about everything else? He goes on in verse, uh, this is back to Paul. And when he had said these things, look at this. He took bread, boy, doesn't this sound like a communion Sunday. He took bread and he gave thanks to God in the presence of all. He broke it and began to eat. And they were all encouraged and ate food themselves. 276 person, people in the ship. He gave thanks to God. I mean, can you imagine the boat? It's day 14 of a, the storm hadn't stopped. And Paul's like, hey, let's just take a break. Let's rest. Try not to throw up. Let's have a meal. Worship you, almighty God. Holy, holy, holy. Hey, I can praise him in a storm. Some of us say, I'll praise him when the storm's over. That's not a great time to wait to praise him. Praise him in a storm. That's a different praise break right there. Y'all hear what I'm saying? When you learn to praise him going up and down in a storm, that's a different way to praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, break some bread, have a time of worship, put on some worship albums, get Elmer's songs on your playlist and let God have your heart again. Don't just eat, don't just rest, but give thanks to God. Get to church when you're in a storm. Notice they spent time at the communing table. Go to a small group. When your life is falling apart, fall back into the family of God. The storm hasn't stopped, but they rested. Even though the storm hasn't rested, they rested from the storm. They broke bread, they worshiped, they thank God. I need everyone to remember something. God is still God, even when your world is turned upside down. And he still deserves to be praised when you're in a storm. So stop worrying, pick up a song of praise, put on the garment of praise, stop trying to stop a storm and start trying to start to praise. Don't allow a storm to silence your worship.
because the storm wins if that's the case. I've had my heart rate elevated. I've had stress headaches. I've been freaked out about the finances of this church. How are we gonna build our new building? I've walked with many of you through pain and I wanna tell you, stress and worry never helped. David says, God is our refuge and strength. Don't forget that. He is a very present help in trouble. He says, I will not fear though the earth gives way, the mountains be moved in the heart of the sea. In Psalm 46, he says, be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted. Some of y'all are going through some stuff right now and you just need to take five seconds and just thank God for being God. Can we just give God a praise break right now, everybody? Come on, let's just shout to the Lord. God, you are good, you are good, you are good. Finally, and this is the part of the sermon that's this is why I told Pastor Herbert I'm gonna preach this message. I almost flew him in to preach it, but he couldn't make it. Because we need to learn to trust God even with broken pieces. So they've now had a worship moment. They've, they've praised God in the storm. And verse 41 says, but now striking the reef, they ran the vessel aground. So remember they cut the boats loose. They've got these anchors in the back, but now they've, now they've moved forward and they struck a reef and they run the vessel aground. The boat, the ship is now stuck and the bow stuck and remained immovable and the stern was now in the back being broken up by the surf. The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners. You would think after worship that the sunlight would come out, the birds would chirp and the Lord would say, thank you for worshiping me. Now let's eliminate the storm. God allowed the storm to continue and God allowed their ship to be destroyed. And the soldier's plan was to kill all the prisoners lest any should swim away and escape. But remember, Paul had a word from God. We're all gonna survive, we're all gonna make it. Have you ever been in a storm and it seems like no matter how much you pray and worship and go to church, your ship still falls apart? Please note, I said ship. I just caught that I said it so fast. It, I'm very sorry. Y'all, I saw the, some of the head turns in the room. Gerald, I saw you back, what did he say? Your vessel falls apart. You ever been in a storm and everything seems to be falling apart? No matter how much you pray, how much you go to church, listen to me, the relationship still didn't work. No matter how many times you broke bread and did communion, you tried to force God to fix your storm. God didn't kill the storm. He still let the boat fall apart. The plan was to kill the prisoners so they wouldn't swim away and escape. But listen, you say, man, I tried. I did everything God's way and I did what the, they say to do at church and my family still fell apart. My daughter still did that crazy thing. Your mental health is still not working. The centurion wishing to save Paul kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim now to jump overboard and make for land. And look at this. And the rest went on planks or pieces of the ship. And so it was that all were brought safely because that's what God said would happen. But the rest of them floated in on two by fours of that broken ship. I want you to understand something. It's not good when you're in a storm, no doubt. It's bad when your vessel is falling to pieces. It's even worse if you can't swim. 
But the Bible says everyone made it to shore. Why? Because God said they would. And some of them floated to shore on broken pieces of the ship that remained. I wanna let you know sometimes what's left is still enough for God to get you to where he wants to get you. Stop focusing on the things you've lost. It would be crazy for Paul to go, oh man, the boat fell apart. No, 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 you got some two by fours to float your way to shore and to safety. Stop focusing on what you lost and start focusing on what you have left. The job may not have panned out, but God's not done using you yet. The relationship may not have lasted, but you're still a gift to somebody. I talked to a friend this week who literally lost a kidney to cancer and said, but praise God, I have another chance to live for God and I'm thriving with the other kidney. Praise God for what you have left to give your life to God and to go where he's calling you. Listen, everybody made it to shore with Paul and some of them floated in on broken pieces. If you're gonna survive the storms of life, you need a perspective shift. Sometimes what's left is enough to get you where God wants you to be. You can't make it by what it was because the ship is gone, but you can make it by what it is now. Man, when I took the lead role of this church, it was a broken, broken, broken church. And it's all we had to work with with less than a hundred people and two and a half million in debt and a building we couldn't afford and a lot of wounded folks from the last leader. That's all we had to work with. 13 years later, we celebrate a totally different story. But man, had we said, let's throw the ship away. Let's throw the whole thing out. Let's bail when it's hard. None of us would be a part of this church today. Sometimes broken pieces is enough for you to get to where God wants you to be. Don't look at broken pieces as a failure of God. It may be a failure of the boat. It may be a failure of the relationship you were in. It may be a bad season at a job that you were in, but God can take the broken pieces and use it to get you where he wants to get you next. What the devil meant for harm, God will use for good. The ship may be broken. That relationship may be gone, but I'm telling you, you can make it with God on broken pieces. Because with God, even a piece is enough. You can make it on a piece of faith. You can make it on a shred of your hope in God. You can make it on a piece of your career. You can make it on a piece of strength and hope. Your marriage can make it on a piece of love and a piece of commitment. So whatever storm you're going through, church, listen to me. I wanna challenge you to get a word from God. I wanna challenge you to learn to be still and know the Lord is with you. Get back to God and your prayer closet with the Lord. I want you to determine there is no quit in me. I'm never quitting on God. I'm not gonna get so discouraged that the Lord loses me. And finally, I want you to trust that even if the ship is destroyed, even if the diagnosis is, even if the family falls apart, even if the job loss is, I want you to learn to trust God to still get you where he wants you, even if he has to get you there on broken pieces. Can I hear an amen from the church today, everybody? God, we love you and we need you and we thank you for this word. God, I pray for every person in a storm today that they would hear this word and be encouraged that Lord, they can hear from heaven today. Come on, don't anybody leave. Let me pray over this message. God, that we would hear a word from God today and we would experience a promise from God we would hear the word from God and we would stand on it, trusting you, being still with you, Lord God. We may have to survive 14 more days in this storm. God, we're gonna go through it with you. I pray that everybody listening to this message would become a survivor, a non-quitter, and that, Lord, 
even if we have to walk through on broken pieces, God, that we would find a future with you no matter what. Everybody pray this with me and mean it from the bottom of your heart. God, I believe in Jesus, that he builds my life, he carries my life. I will walk with you for the rest of my life. Say, God, I'm all in to the glory of God in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.